Undisputed kings, it's the tale of the tape, time to enter the ring. Boxing knowledge dropped by Kenny and Vin, it's a sweet science by the diehard fan. Manny and Floyd, Triple G and the rest, like an overhand right from Crush Kovalev. The tale of the tape on theboxingrank.com. It's the pound for pound, undisputed kings, it's the tale of the tape, time to enter the ring. The tale of the tape on theboxingrank.com. Welcome back to the tail of the tape. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 140 of the tail of the tape boxing podcast here on theboxingrant.com. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? I hope uh, all the boxing fans out there got their, their houses locked up tight tonight. <laughs> there might be some rioting in the streets as the most disputed decision in boxing history happened this saturday night oh in today's day and age vin history is only what happened this past weekend isn't it hey that's all i know oh man kovalev versus ward causing controversy shockwaves through uh the boxing universe and that is the main focus here on episode 140 of the tale of the tape boxing podcast be sure to drop by TheBoxingRant.com today and subscribe to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, and Google Play and check out the latest videos from the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Please subscribe today and thanks again for tuning in. But episode 140 of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast, Vin, is focused solely on, well, we'll do a nice little preview of a little Lomachenko versus Walters. But before we move past what happened this weekend, we need a little therapy. Oh, doesn't everybody? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I need to go to my safe room and have a cry out, Ben. Just, go, you know, find a bong and find some weed, pack it up, and just yeah. relax, would you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and remember to pass the duchy to the left-hand side. <laughs> um, look, man, Sergey Kovalev versus Andre Ward from the T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada, this past Saturday night HBO pay-per-view. Look, the unified IBF. WBA, WBO light heavyweight championship on the line. This thing couldn't have been more 50-50. I mean, look, we were sitting there going back and forth with a group of guys that we got together with to watch Kovalev versus Ward, and everybody was on their phones with their betting apps up, going back and forth. Oh, you know, what's the best value? What should I put here? You know, should I put 10 on the draw? Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, look, it was that tight and that debatable and that exciting of a fight right before tip-off, man. And I guarantee you scenes like that were happening all over the country for this fight, regardless of how big people perceived it to be. Well, yeah, I mean, just based on the reaction after the fight, I mean, it w- this fight obviously meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. I think you just saw that, I mean, there was a serious line drawn in the sand, and people were watching this fight. And to me, what you get the controversy with everybody – you know, everybody's got their scorecard out now. Everybody's scorecard matters these days. Mm-hmm. All scorecards matter, Ken. That's that's the new hashtag. Ha- hashtag all scorecards matter mm-hmm. on boxing Twitter. I mean, it's just look. Everybody was. It's just just because you picked a guy or you or you didn't pick a guy. It, I feel like just everybody's scoring was so all over the place. It's like I, I don't get it. How 
what what exactly is are, is everybody watching? Am I am I viewing the sport in a different reality from the rest of the world? No, I think what we saw in this fight, Vin, were you know it was a tale of two halves in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, I feel that. Kovalev versus Ward from beginning to end had a certain pace and a certain tone to it, right? Kovalev came out and tried to establish that right away. We saw early with the knockdown. Okay, He drops Andre Ward, and it really electrified everybody. I mean, whether you were pulling for Ward or Kovalev, whatever campside you were on, that was a crucial moment in this fight. But early on, especially in the first six rounds, now I know you may have scored, what, you had rounds three and five in the first six rounds? Yes, uh, and, and and that's after watching it twice. Yeah. Right? Yep. All right. So there were some rounds in there that, that people did score one way or the other, right? Most people had it five to one. A lot of people had it four to two. Mm-hmm. Regardless, regardless, the first six rounds of that fight plus the knockdown, Sergey Kovalev outboxed Andre Ward. He controlled Andre Ward with a jab. It was a successful jab. There were times in the fight where it looked like Ward, you know, it took him a little while in those rounds to kind of regain sort of his timing because, oh, yeah. let's be honest, that, that right hand that he got clipped with, that that right hand came in in a moment of timing where he was out he was out quick to the target. I mean, yeah, he got beat to the punch. He, he did. He did. And, it, and, and really it kind of, you know, the result didn't, but those moments did, and for most of the fight – definitely confirmed a lot of the things that I had been trying to say to people that just would not listen coming into this fight about Sergei Kovalev at this point to just that night in their careers, not the book of work, not the perceived, you know, the perceived uh, legends of these guys and, and, you know, whatever else, just on this night, Mm -hmm. Kovalev was a little quicker on the trigger and he was more decisive early on. And I think that that, those first six rounds, we can get into the second half of the fight, mm-hmm. but that alone, that book of work, those first six rounds with the knockdown, I thought the fight was over. I, and I, I think I remember during the fight, you saying, and it might have been during one of Max Kellerman's tirades, telling us that uh, Andre Ward had seized control of the fight, that you were like, man, Ward might need a knockdown to win this thing. Yeah, look, I mean, to me, you're exactly right. This this fight can be described in, in, in two halves. The first half was a half of a fight that Kovalev dominated i mean even though i scored two rounds for ward the 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 four rounds that kovalev won with the knockdown he was just he was first he was he got off first he was quicker to the target he he was controlled the action in the ring was the aggressor landed more punches threw more punches in the second half of the fight it got a little bit closer and ward was able on my cards to win three rounds so absolutely he won three on mine as well right so so the second half of the fight was an even fight and i give andre ward all the credit in the world for getting getting up off the canvas getting crushed for one thing coming into that right hand and it wasn't a very extended punch but he was he came right into that right on the button yeah he got right up i mean he was not down for more than a two count and got up and uh, made adjustments in the fight and was able to just neutralize Kovalev enough to make it closer. Mm -hmm. But by no means in the second half of that fight did Andre Ward do enough to erase what happened in the first half of the fight. Let let us not forget that, dude, three of the first four rounds, Kovalev dominated, absolutely dominated. There was no stretch in the fight where Andre Ward did that. 
I mean, it just it just wasn't the case. I I, I just really I, I had this hard time believing like what exactly like Paulie Malignaggi's scorecard and, <laughs> and fucking Matthew Macklin's scorecard. What are you guys looking at? Like, is it because you're a boxer that you score some type of weird thing that uh, that nobody else sees? Because, because I, I I know boxing. I've watched a lot. I, I can pick out pretty much anything that anybody's trying to fucking do. Uh, am I missing something here? They have something else in common other than just being boxers, right? That that gives them this leverage to have, you know. An, an, an entitlement to a uh, a more superior opinion. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what it is. The common denominator between those two guys and their scorecards, both of them have been bashed over the head repeatedly in their career. Right. Both of them. Macklin is still on the list. I think he's the number two or number three ranked contender for a liver transplant <laughs> after that shot that he took from Golovkin. <laughs> and let's not forget every single time that uh, Pauli Malinaji has been beat down in the ring as well. So we're talking about two guys who I would, um, I would wager to say that if we follow their lives and careers over the next 10 or 15 or so, we're going to start to see a steady decline. Um, in, in, in the way they talk. So I don't put much credibility into <laughs> hypocrites and guys that have half a fucking brain in their head. It just it blows me away, man. I don't understand. It, it's out of touch. It's out. Look, Matthew Macklin and Paulie Malinacci, I mean, I mean, the two of them are kind of at the, you know, the center of, of, of the issue, I think, that Kovalev uh, supporters in this fight, whether they were fans or not, I mean, I mean, let's just look at all the journalists that, you know, picked Kovalev decisively. I mean, that's pretty clear. This isn't, a, you know, this isn't a poll conducted by, you know, fucking Washington Post and the L.A. Times that got Trump and Clinton wrong. Well, I mean, dude, I mean, dude everybody saw what they saw. Right. And a vast majority saw what they saw. But you have this camp of people that are led by these trumpeters like Pauli Malignaggi and Matthew Macklin that will just say because of this legend, because of this sort of entitlement that Andre Ward has as being an Olympic gold medalist and having had the career that he had, let's remember, let's put it into perspective and context, three years ago, okay? Three years ago, that he is somehow entitled to this position that some felt was rightfully his even while Floyd Mayweather was the perceived pound-for-pound king. And you cannot change these people's minds because they look at these fights through jaded glass. If you remember quite clearly as we're watching that fight on that fucking absolutely amazing 150 by 250 inch uh, projection screen that we got to watch. The I don't fight ever on. want to go to a live fight ever again after doing that. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. But, you know, dude, you remember I was going both ways throughout the fight all night. Every time Ward landed something, I was like, oh, good yeah, shot. Yeah. Kovala. Oh, these guys can't view a fight through that kind of perspective because Paulie Malinaji went on a Twitter tirade the day of the fight defending picking Andre Ward. His agenda was clear, and guess what? It was so clear he carried that over, and it was clear in his broadcast because the second time that I watched the fight was the Sky Sports broadcast of the fight, Mm -hmm. and Paulie Malinaji made it clear that he was going to use that platform that's given by these people that love him so much over there for some undescribed reason, illogical reason. They just haven't had enough of him yet. They'll, They'll get their fill. He was guaranteed. And he did. He delivered on his agenda because he said it and marked it 
so clearly before the fight. And to be able to do that, like Max Kellerman's been laying the groundwork for this victory for Andre Ward for five oh, years. He was absolutely the most pathetic Kellerman performance ever. He, ever. Max Kellerman, Vince, did not even give Andre Ward an opportunity to seize control of the fight. He just went ahead and said in the eighth round that Andre Ward has seized control of this fight, and he didn't back off of it. He carried it through the remaining rounds of the fight. I, why didn't Lampley or, or Letterman, at least, when he chimes, why didn't somebody challenge that idiot? Explain to me, like, what are you seeing that you are scoring these rounds for Andre Ward? Do you know something that I don't know, Max Kellerman? Why was Roy Jones Jr. repeatedly saying after every time that Lampley would talk about Kovalev's power, Roy Jones would follow it up by saying, oh, yeah, but let's not forget about Andre Ward's power. He got that punch, too. He got that knockout punch, too. Look, there's, a, I think, a, a, a big factor that I think a lot of people kind of slept on coming, coming into this fight, and I think it played a major factor in the decision. The judges... Decisions that night in Vegas. Who was it? It was McKay, Trowbridge, and... Uh, uh, Burt Clements. Clements. All right. It's fucking veterans. All have been a part of many fucked up decisions between them. I think there was a, a, a huge, huge factor in this fight of an American fighter. Uh, the, the perceived heir to the Mayweather throne pound for pound wise. Perceived is the key word. <clears throat> yeah. And you have an American versus a Russian fighting in America, three American judges. I mean, it's the the chances of Kovalev winning a decision in this fight, especially it being in Vegas where, you know, I I I have a theory in this fight that the box the 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 business side of boxing reared its ugly head in the back rooms in the lead up to this fight because let me tell you something, there's not that many big fights out there. And a and a close Kovalev Ward fight and a rematch in Vegas is lucrative for who? Vegas. It's more lucrative for Vegas than it is anybody else involved. That's a great point. So, you know, I, it's the sport of boxing, dude. This shit's been going on forever. And if, if you may be stupid enough to think that shit like that doesn't happen, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is a business first. And if it makes money, it makes sense. So you have a driving force, the capital city of boxing, that needs they need cash cows. They need fights like this. Gambling is not going to Vegas. Is not what it used to be. No, because there's, there's fucking, gambling everywhere there's now. There's fucking casinos everywhere. You don't have to go to Vegas. They need reasons. They need shit like this. And I'm telling you right now, don't. I would not be surprised for a second if that had something to do with this decision. Because fucking guaranteed rematch. I tell you what would support your theory 100% is if the rematch is in Vegas. Because... It's got to be, right? Well, well, here's the thing. If you're looking at it from just a, a you know, traditional boxing sense, right, and you're thinking about how guys try to take leverage over one another, especially in 50-50, perceived 50-50 matches, right? Mm-hmm. So most people would think, who aren't thinking outside of the box like you, are thinking, well, now well, Ward won the belts, right, regardless if it was a legitimate decision or not. So Andre Ward's reputation would be to have the rematch at the Oracle Arena in Oakland. Everybody knows that. He will fight in Oakland at all costs. But here's the thing. Why did this fight take place in Vegas to begin with? Because it was a neutral site? No. Absolutely not. No. It's because both of these guys want to get paid. I think the desire 
for Sergey Kovalev to have the kind of legacy that he has worked towards and has basically been overlooked and had to prove to people along the way. Andre Ward didn't have to prove anything. Andre Ward was as he was great from the from the moment that Virgil Hunter invited him to move into his house. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're I mean right. he, it was that long ago. Kovalev had to overcome certain circus circumstances and I believe that these belts mean a lot more to him and I think that in a rematch it becomes more dangerous for Andre Ward because of that I think that there's more on the line for him but if these guys are going to maximize their dollars and bring this thing back and run it back Vin I had not thought about that or even considered what you just said until you just said it about the Vegas factor involved in this because if you do look at all the peripheral about the fact that dude there's an MGM grand that is nicer than the one in Vegas is about to open on the Washington, D.C. waterfront. Mm-hmm. There is a huge casino in Charlestown, West Virginia. That is 40 minutes the other direction. Most people are an hour, within an hour drive nowadays of a decent casino. Yeah. Part of the fact that Atlantic City is dead now. That's why. Is because the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area stopped going to Atlantic City years ago. Yep. You're exactly fucking right, man. Yeah, yeah. So I think you're right, man. And it's crazy to conspiracy theorize like that at times. But I think if there's any factor that could have uh, played a Vegas factor involved in this, because I'm not sure what kind of equity. Look, How you, the fuck? You, you I- could see this with Al Heyman or, or Bob Arum because they're you know ba- they're based out in Vegas. They work out in Vegas. Like they're around these people all the time. But companies like Main Events and Rock Nation. You wouldn't think unless somebody paid some sort of exorbitant amount of money that this thing could be corrupt from their end of it. No. So Vegas makes sense if we're if we're talking about that. You right, know what I mean? Right. If that's the circle that this conversation goes to, but I, I think it's I think it's legitimate. I mean, dude, I think it's at least worth talking about. It's at least at least worth being brought up. Yeah, because dude, it's- everybody, including and and, and and the backlash to me of this was it wasn't the Twitter boxing nerds that the guys that we talk to all the time that are just like us. It wasn't those people that were getting that that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. It was the fact that a big part of this story became the casual fans that came over to watch the fights and they knew what they were seeing. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? They knew what they were seeing and and it, to them it was like, dude, it was such a great fight, but this is why I don't watch this sport because it was so predictable. Yeah. It was so predictable. I mean, what's the first thing we said when we started talking, when this fight got announced and we heard it? I think our both of our initial predictions were, you know, I'm not, we're not the only people who said this, but it's going to be a close fight, and it's more than likely going to be a controversial decision one way or the other. Yeah. It, it just, what, what kills me more than anything about the three scorecards from the judges is how they all unanimous, unanimously score the last six rounds for Andre Ward. It's outrageous. It's it that is a complete fucking joke. And to me, for all of them to line up the same, I'm saying I'm thinking to myself, that ain't no fucking kawinky dink. No. It just ain't. That was a balancing of the scorecards in the favor of the decision that they had to make. And they can get away with scoring those rounds for Ward because let's be honest. Yes, the second half of that fight, those were tough rounds to score. They were. It was very close. A very close fight. I don't. I'm, I'm. I think it was close enough to me that I don't fall on the side of robbery. I do fall on the side of 
fucking Merry Christmas, Andre Ward. You you got a gift. Yeah. That is a gift decision. You fought hard. I'm uh, not so sure you deserve that, my friend. You cannot make an argument. Nobody can make an argument that will make any sense to say that all three judges gave every single benefit of the doubt yeah. in all of those close rounds that they all went in Ward's direction. And they weren't. some of them weren't even that close because really one of the key factors in all of this was that even in the tie-ups, even when Ward tried to make it dirty, Kovalev never let Ward take the physical advantage. He never relinquished his role as the effective aggressor. Mm-hmm. He maintained control of the distance. He pushed that fight wherever he wanted it to go. Yes, it became harder to land. The tie-ups became more. Robert Byrd wasn't interested in focusing on the tie-ups. He was more concerned about peripheral stuff. Okay, all fine and good. But still, even still, Kovalev maintained to deal with it. And to give the advantage to a guy who is perceived to be this master boxer, I hate to break it to Andre Ward, Virgil Hunter, and all the people out there that say, huh, undoubtedly Andre Ward won that fight. You can't argue that. I'll say this flat, and I'll say it straight to the point. Here's one thing I got out of this fight. One thing. Sergey Kovalev outboxed the master boxer, Andre Ward. Oh, yeah, there's no question about it. Absolutely no question about it. You know, you, you, can, you can stay on the Ward side of things all you want, and you can, you can spout off whatever you want. Um, you are in the minority. You may be a loud, annoying minority. Uh, I do not take anything you say seriously because, to me, um, I don't know what the fuck you're watching. And you're letting bias or whatever the fuck it is come into your however you view a fight or because you picked that fighter that you're, you're so scared to be wrong that you're going to fucking score it so ridiculous. I mean, it's, I could have put a, I could have put my dad who, who never watches boxing in front of that with a scorecard and he would have scored that fight for Sergey Kovalev. So you're telling me people that watch the sport aren't smart enough to pick that out. It's, it's, I, I really don't fucking get it, man. I, it, it's just the way it, it's a shame. I'll, I'll say this. It's not a shame because this this fight actually delivered on every level that a fight can deliver on. Oh, I loved it was, watching it, man. It was a it was a great fight. Some people don't think it was a great fight. I know I do. I know you do. I loved it. It was an edge of your seat fight. Whether it was action packed the whole time, there wasn't a ton of heavy. The shot. fucking tension was uh, it was so thick, and you knew it was close, and you knew it was nip and tuck the whole fucking way. So look. It, you know, I enjoy it for what it is, and I'm not going to let all these little fucking side aspects and, you know, everybody getting fucking angry. And now people, I think, have gotten so angry that they're like, ah, fuck the rematch. Well, I don't even, the same thing's going to happen. Let's, come on, man. Did, I want to see this fight again. <laughs> so I want I. the fucking score to be settled, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, we've seen this happen before. It's not the first time. No. It's not going to be the last time. No. Welcome to boxing, motherfuckers. Yeah, I think this happened. Uh, was it, it happened on the undercard. Yeah, well, it happened on the undercard. But I'm saying in a big fight of this of this magnitude, uh, the, you guys have already forgotten about Pacquiao Bradley won. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 similar. I mean, Lewis Holyfield won. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. That was a terrible decision. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No. And 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 what's even more remarkable is that people can't even see. The difference between picking somebody to win 
and then seeing the fight in the opposite way. Like people gave you shit on Twitter because you put your money on Andre Ward. You picked him to win the fight. So you're a guy that not only in our show that's listened to by thousands of people around the world, the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast, on this show, you picked Andre Ward to win, but mm-hmm. you also put your hard-earned money on Andre Ward to win, and you're sitting here clearly saying that Sergey Kovalev deserved to win. That, to me, is as unfucking biased and as clear as a perspective as you're going to get. Because if you can see the difference, I wanted Andre Ward to win that fight, actually. When that fight started, as much as I... Hate what Andre Ward is outside of the ring. When that fight started, my American pride kicks in. Yeah, man, I want Andre Ward to fucking win. Yeah, I, I don't like the guy, but I don't care. In the ring, he's Andre Ward, the boxer. I don't give really give that much of a shit about what he is outside of the ring. It's banter for the fucking show. But uh, to me, come on. It, I, when he fights, I respect Andre Ward in the ring. Sure. And I wanted to see him win. But he did not win. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was close. He was very close. Yeah. He fought He fought brave late, man. He fought tough. I'll tell you one argument that I don't like hearing, and, I, you know, and we've said it before on the show, and it's just people act like it's, a, it's an unwritten rule in the sport where you have to take the belt from the champion. And, and that line gets used all the time, and I've used it before. But in actuality, that's not the case. You just have to win the rounds to win the fight. Yeah. You don't have to do anything extra special. There's there's nothing like, oh, you're fighting the champion. You got to do just a tad bit more. No, 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 no. I agree with you. But here's the problem. Why does the American challenger, the perceived... Oh, he got have, that advantage. Why does he get the advantage? That's the problem. Is that no more should Kovalev get benefit of the doubt because he's the champion than Andre Ward. So both arguments are absolutely fucking retarded. Just score the fight... As it is, it's sometimes in fights it's hard to tell who is in control of the fight because the ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. You'll see great fights where it's back and forth, give and take, two rounds here, one round there, two rounds to the other guy, two rounds back. And it goes back and forth. Momentum changes, and the corners get their guys to make adjustments. And great fights are made in that capacity. But that this was not that, Vin. No. This was not that to me. This was a fight to me that showed the 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 stronger, better, fresher, fresher. Mm-hmm. I think that's a key part of this. Boxer won in this. In those areas that you could say, okay, all right, if they gave Andre Ward the benefit of the doubt on the inside clinches, yeah, he had some success, and he pinked up Kovalev's torso. You pointed that out where, while we were watching it with some good body work. No doubt about it, but just because he has a little bit of success Coming off of six rounds that he, you know, for sake of argument, lost. How does he get the benefit on that when all the while he's the one that's being pushed across the ring by Kovalev? He's the one that every time there's a break, dude, Andre Ward may be punched once or twice coming out of those clinches, which you thought he would take advantage of like like Mayweather did so masterfully. Yeah. When he came out of those clinches, he would check hook you so fast it'd be like oh shit Kovalev was the one punching out of the clinches he was beating him to the punch all night for the most part I mean for the majority of that fight Kovalev was it was quicker to the trigger yeah he he just was and you know I I I was a bit surprised to see that you know I I expected that to be close but Kovalev to me was the much quicker guy to to the punch he got off first almost every time 
If I'm Andre Ward and I'm Virgil Hunter and I watch the video of this fight and we're coming into a rematch, all right, you won the fight. So there's no argument. You know, I can sit here and say I think Kovalev won the fight. Well, Andre Ward won the fight. It's on fucking paper. As is boxing. Right. It's on paper. It's, it's there. He won. But if I'm if I'm, I'm coming into this rematch, uh, stop throwing one fucking punch at a time. Follow up that fucking jab. His jab was working for him at times. But Andre Ward would throw the one jab out and just fucking admire it. Dude, where is the right hand? If you would have used that right hand half the time you threw those jabs, there'd be a lot more people that that wouldn't be saying, oh, this is a fucking robbery. Well, maybe you might have won the fucking fight. Well, maybe he didn't go to the right hand because the one time he tried to follow it up with the right, he got clipped. I, I think so. But I, look, there was times where he had Kovalev with his arms down, throwing a jab either to the body or to the head and had a chance to follow up with the right hand, but instead chooses to Sean Porter his way in. Yeah, and, and it, that's a good point. You know, just fucking dude, more than one punch. One punch does not win fights. That drives you crazy, doesn't it? You can't it? fucking just throw one goddamn punch. <laughs> I mean, there's a time when it's necessary and you got to do it. But look, come on. You got to be setting up for something here. Yeah. Jabs don't win you a fight. Yeah. That was and that was Ward's most effective punch was a fucking jab. You're going to tell me a guy won a fight based on a jab. Get out of here. And what's crazy is is that he didn't have the best jab in the fight. No. <laughs> Maybe in the second half he did. Uh, yeah. Slightly. He maybe. May, he may have landed more of them right. in, in, in the second half, but there were still those jabs that they would both flinch at the same time and Ward would just get smacked with it, man. A jab is a scoring punch, but it is the most minimally scored punch. The, you, you like to see a little bigger shots landed. Yeah. The guy who landed 12 jabs is going to lose to the guy who landed five big shots. Yeah, and there were moments in the fight not only with the knockdown, but... There was that moment when Kovalev hit him with that right, and it seemed to like affect his eardrum. And, and Ward backed up, with, like covering his ear, and mm-hmm. looked hurt. Yeah, it's like so you don't. The judges aren't considering that either. No, like that's not in consideration that it's clear that the in in, in a round where there might have been thirteen punches landed, that the guy that freaking curled up and retreated like the Wicked Witch of the West's toes under the house <laughs> that got dropped on top of her? <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude. I, To me, you know, look, it is what it is. I'm going to move past it. Yeah. I know we're getting a rematch. Uh, sorry, you know, I think Kovalev won the fight. I know that's not the case. So I'm, I'm going to walk around in my head saying, eh, I, you know, I got no problem saying Kovalev's on. If you tell me Kovalev's undefeated, I'll say, yep. yeah. <laughs> You're right. He is. No, I, I, I very much have the same feeling that I did after Pacquiao Bradley won. I mean, right. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean it, it, it doesn't feel it any. It counts in the record books, but that doesn't mean I got to fucking count it. It doesn't no. mean shit to me. No. <laughs> but you know what that controversial decision did for, for Pacquiao and Bradley is that it extended their, their time in the limelight together. Hmm. So I wonder what might be going on behind the scenes here. Hmm. Top rank? <laughs> Las Vegas? Hova. Hova. Yeah. Hova. <laughs> He wasn't even watching that fight. <laughs> was he even there? No. I, that is the most ridiculous promotional company. I, they are. They have no idea what they're they doing. They got a uh, uh, a global icon in Jay-Z as the head of their company, and he can't even send a tweet out saying, yo, check out Kovalev Ward. <laughs> what a joke, <laughs> He should have had a commercial yeah. with the two of them, with him standing in the middle of it, like doing a rap or something, saying, Kova, Kova, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dude. Yeah, are you gonna you want to be a promoter? Yeah, 
Sell some fucking tickets. All right, Ben. Well, maybe I'll go back to college and get my degree in uh, in video producing. How about that? All right, go for it, buddy. Hey, hey, the boxing rants my resume, bud. <laughs> Seven episodes in the bag. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, we could go all night about this. I mean, I think we covered it all, Van. I, I, look, our, our our feelings have been uh, stated. I mean, yeah. you know, it's pretty clear. You got a guy in me who picked Kovalev to win. A guy in Vin who's been a big Andre Ward supporter over the years um, has put his money where his mouth is and also feels that Kovalev won. And we agree with all of you out there that, uh, you know, saw the fight the, the way it was, you know. Uh, Kovalev versus Ward. Kovalev will activate, according to Kathy Duva, his mandatory immediate rematch clause see how long that gets fucking drawn out <laughs> run it back oh i want it back I, I want it run back immediately but you know watch andre wards and be like remember when i held my glove up to my ear he ruptured my eardrum there yeah. hey verge how long does that give me yeah stipulation after stipulation after stipulation okay since we're in the in the in the business of talking into microphones let's speculate for a second mm-hmm. um your feelings right now in the immediate aftermath of this controversial decision. Ward Kovalev 2, let's say it happens sometime, I don't know, March, March, April, okay? Going into it, do you favor Andre Ward in the same way that you favored him coming into the first fight? Um, I should, especially if it's in Vegas, because <laughs> I feel like it's going to be a lot of the I expect the, fir- the second fight to look a lot like the first fight. Um, I think we might see a little bit more aggressive version of Kovalev. Um, I, I hope Kovalev is, you know, I don't know if we've noticed it in the last two fights from Kovalev. He seemed to get just a little bit tired down the stretch, not gassed, but he just lost a little bit. I'd like to see him come in and, and either better shape or a little bit more relaxed in his approach and early in the fight to, to be able to save some for later. But dude, I think it looks, it looks a lot like this first fight did, and I'm all for seeing that again. I'm not so sure the decision will look that much different. And if it is, it'll go the same way. It'll go the opposite way for Kovalev and say hello to Andre Ward Kovalev 3 in a fucking year and a half or whatever. I would not be surprised to see that happen. There's there's nothing in the division for either one of them. Andre Ward's talking about moving to heavyweight. Come on, man. (laughs) You're fucking six foot tall. You're not going to fucking fight at heavyweight. You you can't even hurt a super middleweight. <laughs> a light heavyweight is just going to walk you down and beat you down. Oh, it's just crazy speak, Ben. <laughs> Absolute crazy speak. Um, all right, so Sergey Kovalev versus Andre Ward is now behind us, I guess. Yeah, I hope so. Okay. I mean, dude, come on, we got we got a big fight coming. Yeah, we do. And you know what? Honestly. This main event consumes so much attention and so much conversation and so many like different emotions from people in boxing over the last few days. I've already had my time in the safe room. I apologize to all of you coming in in the safe room behind me for the lack of coloring books. <laughs> um, I just really, when I get sad, I love to color. Um, so we'll just go ahead and pass the undercard here. Oh, please. Yeah. Please do. Too much emotion. Spent. Garbage is what it was. <laughs> Padudo. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right, so we do have a preview, and it's a good one. A fight that we talked about a lot over the last two years, uh, one that we hoped would come sooner than later, but then uh, one of the parties involved, uh, I guess, got a little ahead of himself when it came to self-worth, which is what happens a lot in boxing. People outpriced themselves. Mm -hmm. So this thing got put on the back burner for a little while, but now they meet at 130 pounds. 
Vasily Lomachenko takes on the Axeman, Nicholas Walters, in a fight that we thought two years ago would have been unbelievable. Even though Lomachenko had only had a few fights under his belt at the professional level, this was the guy to be the threat to the Axeman, Nicholas Walters. And then, you know, a draw that most people thought that Nicholas Walters won, you and I both included, right? Oh, absolutely. Regardless of the performance that Jason Sosa put up. But just, dude, there came a point. He loses his belt on the scales. And along with it, his perceived power along the way. And the Axeman, who was known for his knockouts, building up this reputation for his knockouts, two things happen. His power seems to be gone at 130 pounds, Mm -hmm. and he became inactive. Yeah, very, very. Like, he just kind of became an afterthought, man. Yeah. I mean, he went from a a fighter that was on the rise at at 126, widely considered the best 126-pounder in the world, just based on. At the time, yeah. He he could drop anybody with one punch in that division. Mm -hmm. He owned that division. The fact that he was able to make that weight was unfucking real. He's got a reach of a super middleweight. Uh, unreal. I mean, I, I would never, ever want anybody to have to face that man at 126. And even at 130, it's still still a, a, a daunting task. But, dude, you, you said it. Too inactive. He's been too fucking inactive, man. And that is not good. That is not good, especially when you're, you're stepping in the ring with the best technician in the sport. I mean, this guy has every tool in the shed, and that motherfucker is sharpened and shined every day, and he will unleash whatever he has to. He kind of plays with whatever he wants. Yep. And, it, you know, I know a lot of people think this this fight's close, and I think it's, you know, it's going to have its moments where, where Nicholas Walters will, will land big shots. But for me, call me a Loma fanboy, call me whatever you want. He's going to box circles around him, Ken. Yeah, the only thing that Nicholas Walters has for an answer in this fight, there's a 0% chance of him outboxing No, the man they call high tech. It's just it's not going to happen. So his recourse is going to be two things. He's, got, he's going to have to maintain distance. Yes. Okay? And he's going to have to be able to punch with power at distance and be able to stop Lomachenko in his tracks because there were two things that caused Gary Russell Jr. to have a lack of success a complete lack of success against Lomachenko, was, one, he had nothing of concern in the power department to stop Lomachenko from shooting in on him. And two, he was so wildly inaccurate. So wildly inaccurate. He would just throw these flurries because he thought, well, he's fast, so if I just throw my hands fast, then maybe one of these will hit him. Right. Walters is going to have to maintain distance, and when he punches, it's going to have to be with authority, and he's going to have to be accurate, man. That's his only chance. Yeah, I mean, look, I, to me, it's just, it's just in this fight, Lomachenko will do exactly what he's what he what we've seen him do, and he gets better still in every fight. And I feel like right now, at this weight, at 130 pounds, he is a monster. I. I Based on what he did to Rocky Martinez, and say what you want about Martinez coming into that fight, coming off some tough fights with Salido, tough fights in his career in general up to that point, in that lower weight division, you get to that age, you become a faded fighter. But either way, he absolutely annihilated him. I mean, we've never seen anybody do that to Rocky Martinez. Just completely schooled him. You're talking about a legit fighter. Uh, It's my knockout of the year. Yeah, I mean, Ken, this guy is on a different level. And I have all the respect in the world for Nicholas Walters. He may be the second or third best fighter at 130 pounds right now, but he ain't Lomachenko. No, he, he just he just isn't. 
and and God bless him, but he's going to get his ass whooped. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's going to get a fucking put on him, dude. He is going to get frustrated. He is going to get worn down in this fight. You know, the, the ability for Lomachenko to get in and out, operate around the target, throw multiple punches. His combinations are three and four punches at a time. He never allows his opponent to set their feet for a counter or for a big shot. And if Walters can't do that, he doesn't stand a fucking chance. He may be able to hit him, but not with enough to hurt him. And he is going to be basically surrounded by a buzzsaw that will wear him down. And by the end of the fight, I think you'll see a guy in Nicholas Walters that in, I think in the back of his own head is not fully focused on the sport of boxing right now, whether it be contract disputes or whatever. He just hasn't seemed to have the focus that you would need, especially for a fight with a guy as good as Lomachenko. He's going he's gonna to pay for it, man. Dude, I'm with you, Vince. I, I think this is going to be a pretty emphatic statement fight for uh, Vasily Lomachenko. Look, the, the excitement that surrounds this fight, yeah, it's diminished from what this fight could have been when Nicholas Walters was riding high. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it, any version of Nicholas Walters, whether he was primed and fighting three times a year or whatever coming into this fight, stands much, much of a chance outside of having to sell out at some point in the fight. I think it's action-packed while it lasts. But I think that Vasily Lomachenko uses this platform in this fight to become a star because I think he is going to put on an absolute display, and I think this fight ends in a violent, violent, emphatic knockout. Vasily Lomachenko stops Nicholas Walters, Vin, in six rounds. Really? Yeah. Whew. Hey, and I, it's going to be a barn burner. Uh, look, I, I'm not going to – I think it's going to end in a stoppage, too. I think it's going to be late, and I think Walters is just going to get pounded to submission. I just think that Lomachenko's offense allows Nicholas Walters no chance for him to land the big punch that he needs. And I'm not so sure that if he does, if it's enough to stop Lomachenko. I mean, he landed some big ones on Jason Sosa. I mean, we, I, I don't know. Jason Sosa might have a fucking chin of a god, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Lomachenko can take a punch. So, you know, I, I'm not so sure that the Axeman has the fucking artillery to, to stop Lomachenko in this fight. And that's no. his only chance. Dude, the odds, the Vegas odds tell you all you need to know. I believe Nicholas Walters is close to a 7-1 to one underdog in this fight. Yeah. That, that, that's a big underdog. But, dude, that being said, and our confidence in Lomachenko winning this fight does not sway or deter my excitement for watching it. Absolutely not. Because I couldn't ask for a better fight. Dude, remember after Mayweather-Pacquiao? All we wanted was something to wipe the palate clean. Yes. And then Canelo delivered that when he sent James Kirkland to the heavens. Yes. In front of 35,000 yeah. inside of a baseball stadium. Yep. You know, this isn't that on that kind of scale, but it is a great follow-up matchup to sort of have a decisive winner, a decisive ending coming off of a week of disappointment and controversy. Let me tell you what. If, if Lomachenko does what I think he's going to do in this fight, and is able to, even if he doesn't stop him, let's just say he wins 10 of 12 rounds and, and wins the fight. This guy is, I, I believe this is what, his seventh fight? This is his eighth fight. <laughs> eighth fucking fight. I mean, I, you know, to me, if he pulls off a huge win like this, uh, he better be marching up everybody's fucking pound for pound list if, if, if that's what your, your game is, because this guy belongs on every single one now. Yeah, I think he's the best technical boxer in boxing, period. I know most people have their little, you know, his resume, kid. 
I don't care what I see. His resume isn't worthy. Well, then obviously you don't know what you see. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you should just go watch your fucking turd circle the toilet bowl. (laughs) You know? I think you might know what you're talking about there. (laughs) Oh, man. But I'm looking forward to it. Yes. This Saturday, it's Thanksgiving weekend here in the United States. Um, I'm looking forward to Redskins Cowboys at 4 o'clock. Watch my skins uh, bring this gravy train back to reality while I'm uh, uh, digest slowly digesting some bacon stuffing. Well, I was going to say while you're some while ham you're, hot green beans. You're going to be drinking the gravy from the gravy tray as the skins uh, dominate. Oh uh, no, I'll, I will definitely uh, put it in some kind of vessel that will spray it all over me. <laughs> yeah, probably like a weed sprayer or something like that. Yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, oh, shit. I'll do the bucket challenge with gravy. Nah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that. <laughs> as long as I can drink some first. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So I'm looking forward to uh, uh, an awesome four-day vacation, much needed indeed. Yes. Maybe even uh, cut some new videos for the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, well, we can't get one in before this fight because I ain't doing nothing until Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm off. Are you fasting until all the turkey? Oh, I'm certainly not fasting. No, I'd probably say I'm more building my belly up for the feast. <laughs> You're prepping. You're just stretching the stomach. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, another fight to look forward to on the uh, the undercard of Gideus Kavalowskis, uh, the meme machine, uh, one of the top prospects here at the boxing rant, taking on Juan Jose Ruiz. If you have not seen this 147-pound uh, Wrecking machine, the meme machine will be on display. Yeah, I'm, I've been waiting for him to get a shot. I'm, I'm glad HBO took the chance on him, was putting him on TV. If you have not seen him, uh, tune in because this man is a fucking whirlwind of destruction, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, he is just a dude. He, the most ridiculously just powerful, come forward 147 pounder there is right now. Uh, is he the best? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's yet to be seen, but. You want to watch some fun shit? Watch this man tear somebody up. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, 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 quickly uh, moving into the center of the radar of uh, some welterweights that I would probably rather not acknowledge he oh, exists. He's, yeah, he's going to be avoided. <laughs> I can't even say his name. I ain't fighting him. Gideus <laughs> Kavalowskis. The meme machine on display. Uh, so check out Lomachenko versus Walters, uh, the top prospect, Kavalowskis, in action as well. Then... We'll just pay some homage. We'll go from highly regarded, uh, prospect, optimistic, bright future to dim, bleak desert wasteland <laughs> infested by <laughs> by trailers and RVs. BJ Saunders? Oh, Billy Joe Saunders returned to action against Arthur Akavov. Who? Akavov? Are you excited? No. I could care less. What is Billy Joe Saunders doing? I don't know, man. And, you know, I don't know if they're in, like, some holding pattern or whatever. He's irrelevant. Yeah, it's called retardation. He's irrelevant. I don't care about him anymore. I don't consider him a champion. He's not a hashtag not my champion, Ken. <laughs> I mean, uh, just, I, just this guy's a fucking clown, man. He's a clown. And, uh, and he's not that good. No. He's okay. Sorry if you're... A Billy Joe Saunders fan out there. He's okay. Hey, if uh, if you're a pussy in need of some protection, sign with Frank Warren Boxing. 
We got a new internet contract. We'll be streaming your one fight a year. That's why That's why they held him back, Ken. <laughs> Holding him back for that internet contract. I'll tell you what, when you only fight one time a year, it becomes a valued commodity, a rare commodity. I'll tell you what. Save it for the best. The old man, Warren, deserves a little credit for stepping outside of the box with the internet contract. I'll give him that. What are they going to put on the air the other 360 days a year? I don't know, man. Skeet and Gavin. Eggington Skeet 3. I don't know what you, what you, I don't know what you want from me. That's got to be the the just most random and perfect matchup of all time. There will be reruns for days. It'll be like Rocky Marathons on TNT. Coyle Campbell 2. I mean, what do you want? You want <laughs> You want Bellew Cleverly 3? We can run back a whole mess of shitty UK fights. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh terry flanagan uh riding the gravy train as well no, no turbo not as much I, I heard that terry flanagan has been given marching orders by the wbo that uh he is to be i guess kind of shelved they're just gonna put him in against gay fighters from now on <laughs> taking on the um the first openly gay boxer of all time okay uh Look, uh, that is so unbelievably irrelevant to this fight. Yeah. And here's why. His Orlando Cruz fucking sucks. Oh, he definitely sucks. If he was a good gay boxer, (laughs) we'd be talking about him. But this will be the end of us talking about him. But he's gay, Ken. We should probably talk about him. I mean, that's pretty amazing. What is being gay <laughs> or the fact that he's made it this far? Let's boxing. not go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So does Ter- Terry Flanagan beat the hopes and the pride and the future of the LBGT community? Orlando Cruz. Uh, yeah, he will stop him within six rounds. Will he share a bathroom with Orlando Cruz? Probably not. There's <laughs> probably a little uh, hesitation there. <laughs> will Orlando Cruz sneak into the bathroom with Terry Flanagan and try to peek over the divider? Um, that's a good possibility. I think that's where the knockout happens. <laughs> Terry Flanagan by pre-fight stoppage. <laughs> oh, man, that went off the fucking rails. Trump's president, man. Do what you want. Say what you want. Get used to it. <laughs> oh, and if you haven't gotten used to it yet, we're Kenny and Vin from the Tale of the Tape Boxing <laughs> Podcast. There's more where that came from. Yeah, absolutely. But we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 140 of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast. Vin and I will be back next week with episode 141 as we bring you the post fight of Vasily Lomachenko versus the Axeman Nicholas Walters. It's an episode you don't want to miss. But until next time, we thank you for tuning in to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on theboxingrant.com. I'm Kenny Keith. Follow me on Twitter at Kenny Keith Jr. And follow my co-host Vince Cummings on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81. And be sure to drop by theboxingrant.com today and subscribe to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and of course, on Spreaker. And if you have not checked it out yet, check out the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. The latest boxing vids brought to you by Vin and Ken from the Boxing Rant. So until next week, we'd like to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Until episode 141, you've been dialed in 
to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on TheBoxingRant.com. Muchas gracias, everybody.